Well, he never phones. He always, say, he always says, oh, I'll phone. Yes, he just said to me a minute ago, young Davis, he just said, oh, I was down the road for you today, cooking a barbecue for 70 people. I thought, you could have phoned me. Admittedly, I was in no fit state yesterday, unfortunately, because I'd been to London Zoo after I finished here, and we played with aardvarks. Have you ever played with aardvarks? They don't play, but they, uh, they're like stroking pigs. They've sort of got hair on them, but not that much hair. It's almost like they've got a skin disease. You know when you sort of, you, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had it, but I've, I've had it before, and it's where your skin goes flaky. I picked, I picked up um, uh, a thing on a beach... I can't tell you about that. Anyway, so I picked up this... No, I was on a beach in the south of France, and I remember coming back, and I didn't know I'd picked up this thing, and I can't remember what it is now. But anyway, whatever it is, it means that on a certain bits of your body, you don't tan. And I went to the hospital, and, uh, and I said, look, I've got this funny... It looks like um, a little sort of a ring. I couldn't really describe it. it. It just looked like... You know, you get little sort of fairy rings in the ground and things like that, little mushrooms. And this looked like a little ring, little sort of like circles. It looked like a little bit like the Olympic flag. And so she said, you've been on holiday, haven't you? And I said, do you know, I have. The tan is giving it away, I can tell. And she said, no, she said, you've, you've sat on a beach. I said, do you know, I have. I did sit on a beach in my Speedos, it was many years ago, and, uh, and I sat there, you know, and covered myself in baby oil, all by myself, but, you know, it's the kind of thing I do, and covered myself in baby oil, and I picked up this fungi from a beach, and you pick it up from foreign beaches. And for years, two little bits of my body never tanned. Two little bits on my uh, on my arms. The rest of my body would tan beautifully. Bit of a god, as you know. And the other bits, nothing at all. And it used to look ridiculous. And you try and colour it in. You know, like you sort of get fake tan and put it... And it just doesn't work. It didn't. It just didn't look right on my body. So then I stopped going to beaches. Because I thought, I just look ridiculous. People are going to think I'm looking blotchy. Or something like that. So I, I didn't bother going to beaches anymore. But anyway. What's that? Oh, yes. Yeah, so Anthony and then he then tells me he's on Eel Pie Island cooking a barbecue for 70 people. And I'm like, you know, the other end, having got back from London Zoo and uh, persuaded my neighbour Lynn to come and share a bottle or two of wine. As it turned out, it was three. Uh, she walks through the door, breaks the glass she's holding. I don't have any... The one thing I've got to get today, I've got to get plants, because I've decided the weather's going to be... Let's state of my nose. Uh, the, the weather's going to be so glorious today. Um, Charlotte's going to go and do washing, which is great, and I'm going to uh, go and plant up... And then I'm going to go and buy glasses. I've decided I'm going to treat myself to some nice glasses today. I've got loads of sherry glasses and schooners and things, but I've got no tumblers. I had to, my parents had hundreds of glasses. Hundreds of, when, I, when, when my mum died, I ended up with all these glasses. And when I say all these glasses, I can fill two cabinets with glasses. I've got that many. But unfortunately, I've broken the, uh, the wine glasses over the years. So I might have to go out and get some really good quality crystal dark today or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll find something cheap, actually. We'll just uh, quickly sign on, because I know you're, you're desperate to send texts and emails this morning, which is good news. Have you had a good weekend? It's lovely, isn't it? All back to school for many people. Oh, thrills, thrills. Actually, I say thrills because it means that the uh, train this morning will be absolutely chock-a-block. It'll be full of those ghastly loics who go to... Why is it that school kids go to school and they look like they need a bath? They get on there, you know, the... the Ties are all skew whiff. Their hair's sticking out all over the place. You could spot the classy ones, as opposed to the rough ones, which we get around our way. Oh, terrible. Mm. Delicious. Nice cold cup of tea. You can't beat it at this time of the morning, can you? Yumma, yumma, yumma. Anyway, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Lawrence in Gloucester says, if I was in Hell's Kitchen, oh, last night, eh, I wouldn't be letting Jodie Latham near any of the sharp knives, just in case. Did you see him ascond over the fence? They actually got rid of him last night. 
which is uh, just as well and nasty as I predicted on this programme. We told you we had behind-the-scenes gossip on Jodie Latham. A nasty piece of work at the best of times. Really nasty piece of work. I didn't think it was possible for somebody to be that revolting and have that little talent. I mean, really horrid. Really horrid. So at least we got rid of him. Lucky he doesn't make any of the papers today, so I'm quite pleased about that. Uh, Nick Ferrari is with you at sea. He must have been exhausted this weekend. He was just sort of working here, working there. Me, I'm, I'm terrible. I just want to go out and sort of enjoy myself and do exciting things like put plants in tubs. I don't know why. We started moving the patio around again. Not my kind of thing. Good poem for you later. Thank you to Ray Frensham. Thank you, Ray. Uh, for the Matt Mumro Matt at the Movies uh, DVD. Uh, somebody called Graham says, uh, when you accuse Sue Boyle, it's Susan Boyle, don't be so disrespectful, it's Susan Boyle, it's her name, it's not Sue, it's Susan, of being unemployed. Uh, fact is, she works for a charity. No, she doesn't, I'm afraid. <laughs> Nothing worse than somebody who gets the whole fact wrong, isn't there? She does a bit of helping out at the church. Uh, she is, in fact, unemployed. We have been paying her for the last two years. Her mother died two years ago. And she's lived in the same house. She doesn't do anything. Apparently, uh, people used to shout things at her in the, uh, in the streets. You know, you can imagine. She does look like she's the balmy woman from where she comes from. She's now got a minder who mo- has moved in because so many people come. Have you You know, they're all graph and things like that. Uh, there's no truth in the rumour, incidentally, that she's going to record with Elaine Page. It was just an off-the-cuff remark, so the papers have picked up on it. It's a bit stupid, really. You, s- you see Elaine Page's ageing, you what? No, you're not. No, you're not. Recording with her? Don't be so silly. Definitely not. But uh, uh, poor old Graham says, Unfortunately for you, she'll earn many more times than you in your lifetime. We don't think so. Even Amanda didn't think so. Uh, She'll have an album out. She won't make any money at all. She can't go on tour because she can only sing one song. And not only can she only sing one song, she has not got the stamina... And perhaps you don't understand how it works in the business, Graham, so I'll explain it to you. Um, it's, you need to be, you know, you need to be super fit, a bit like an athlete. If you're going to go on stage, then you have to train for it. You can't just go, or perhaps you think you can, from singing on Britain's Got Talent to doing eight performances a week. You cannot do it. It takes years to train people up like that. Years. And so there's no chance. She can't even do tours. She cannot do tours. She's got no idea what to do. Who's going to pay to go and see that? God in heaven, nobody. Absolutely nobody at all. Um, blah, 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 blah. Noreen had a very good day out. Noreen had an excellent day out. Uh, Brian had his photo taken with Wayne Fontana. And his DVD, The Mersey Beats, are always excellent. Watched Come Dine With Me. Do you know, I missed it. I missed it. Because I started... What, what was I watching last night? I was watching something else, Noreen, and, and I got sort of... And then I completely forgot about Come Dine With Me. So I never got round. She says, not the brightest buttons in the box. Some of them are they. What's a pusa? You know, that's that little... She said they didn't know. One lady called the other Sweetie. Dear. I do love the programme, though. There's something about Come Dine With Me. It's so beautifully crafted and put together. Although, if you watch the early ones, as I said a few weeks ago, the the difference is is unbelievable between Dave Lamb's presentational skills then and his presentational skills now. Probably in exactly the same way if you listen to the very first Steve Allen show on LBC. And I do have it, incidentally. I do have the very first Steve Allen show. It's on tape, a long-forgotten item, but it's on tape. I have an hour of the very first Steve Allen appearance on LBC back in 1979. It was the 12th of December, I think, or perhaps it b- before the 12th of December. Might have been about the 9th, because I don't think UBN had closed fully. And, um, and I think, and I've, and I've definitely got it, because I know it's on a reel-to-reel. 
Whether or not we ever let you hear it, I think, is another matter. We might have to put it out as a special podcast, because that'll get everybody going, I should imagine. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk for Monday morning. I know it's not easy, but you've got to make the effort. Uh, effort. Dan says, excellent birthday Friday. Enjoyed Littlehampton, although didn't make it to the zoo Saturday. <laughs> Spent the rest of the weekend taking rubbish to the tip. How the other half live. It's amazing, isn't it? How, how you can end up taking, you know, all of a sudden, if you have a clear out, and I bet you're like me, I bet you absolutely, um, you know, go through your plate, you start thinking, I tell you what, I'm going to be ruthless. And you start clearing, and you suddenly realize you've made no effort on it whatsoever. You, the, the, you don't seem to have made any impact. You look at things, you think, I mean, it's like I give my DVDs to my brother. Because I've got so many. And every time I take down that, I take down three industrial rubbish sacks. The big blue ones that you carry cement in, so they're really thicker. I fill these up, I go down there, I come back, it looks like I haven't taken... My brother goes, God, how many have you got? I said, well, quite a lot, quite clearly. So I, I, I know exactly what it's like for you, Dan, but it's, it's good, really, that you do have the clear-outs every... You've got to, haven't you, really? Um, Thomas says, are people's lives so dull that they have to live their lives through the likes of Goody and Boyle? Enough already! I totally agree with you. But some people do, don't they? They sort of, you know, oh, I couldn't care less about half these people. As I've said before, one of the papers today, they've asked somebody in Les Miserables. I won't, I won't mention the person because, frankly, I'm on his side. And, and he said quite rightly, they said, oh, so what, what do you think about Susan Boyle? You know, singing a song from Les Miserables. And he said, that's great. He said, but there are people in this show doing eight performances a week. Eight performances a week on stage. Can you imagine if you went, if, if any of our bosses went to the theatre, and they like going to the theatre, and somebody comes on stage and struggles after one song, and you go, you're not very good, are you? You expect to see, in the West End, top quality performers, and that's exactly what you get. You ask Elaine Page what it's like. So they said to this guy in Les Miserables, so what it's like? And he said, well, you know, we have people in the show who do eight performances a week. She's not trained. She couldn't do anything. And uh, so the paper called him Snooty. Yeah, well, he's packing them in. She, at the moment, is sitting in her little house going, oh... I can't believe it. It's just great, isn't it? She'd be a little bit like, oh, I think we'll have to... Book. Somebody said, that my producer laughingly said, should we book her for In Conversation? <laughs> I've started writing the resignation letter out already. I thought, the day she appears on my programme is the day that I'm in the wrong business. It's just ludicrous. It's media hype. And, uh, and you don't... You know what it's like. 90% of you. You get a few balmies. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a bit sad, isn't it? Bit sad. 84850... Steve at lbc.co.uk. In fact, uh, Mike in Wilsdon says, is it me or does that woman Susan look like Bernard Manning in drag? Well, it just is. I mean, it is mean. Bernard Manning's dead, you know, and can't defend himself. It's not nice, is it? Quarter past five is the time. Steve Allen's early breakfast. And uh, we've got the news headlines. It's 17 minutes past five. So uh, the good news is we've got rid of that uh, complete piece of pond life, Jodie Latham. Yeah, fantastic news. Then we discovered in the Sunday papers that Danielle Bucks's mother is a thief. She steals from shops. And what she does is she doesn't actually steal. Well, she does actually. Uh, she gets, um, she prints her own little things at home and sticks them over the item. So when it gets to the till, they go, oh, that's only a pound, is it? And she's covered it over. It's the same as putting stuff inside other items. So we're, we've exposed her. And, uh, and now... Uh, Gerard Boyle, who is the brother of Susan Boyle, said uh, she, she's a loner. Uh, she was seen as different as she didn't have the same interests as kids her age. Uh, 
Never going to survive in this business. It's too cut for it. What are you going to do with her? Just wheel her on. She's going to be an object of fun. I mean, they laughed at her when she first walked on stage anyway. Uh, although the latest one you're now going to see everywhere, although not quite as innocent as you might imagine, is schoolboy singer Shaheen Jarafgoli, who's being tipped as the only contestant who can give Susan Boyle a run for her money. Just remember, it's a silly little competition on the television. It's a silly little competition with a failed newspaper editor, some old bird who married, you know, some guy, and somebody who's very good at manipulating the press both sides and doing fake acting. I mean, come on, that's the point. Although this week, even funnier, you get to see Kelly Brook. Up until now, she's been edited out of the three or four programmes that she recorded. So for some strange reason this week, you go to see her in there. What she's going to be talking about, God alone knows. She was so blooming awful, they had to get rid of her. She didn't gel with anybody. She was the worst presenter. You'd have thought that they'd have realised when they saw it on The Big Breakfast that, unfortunately, you know, she's just not a presenter. She couldn't read autocue. She can't read any word that's got more than four letters in it. So they had to bring it all down. And she'd sit there going, oh, and... And and she didn't know what it was. And they had to keep changing the autocue. The staff working on the programme is to go, she is dim. So everything had to be brought down just to make it easy. Because what she is, is she, she just looks good. You're not really expecting her to have an opinion. So it'll be hilarious to watch her next week. But uh, anyway, now you've got this little lad who comes on stage, right? And in, in true classic fashion, uh, Simon, st- stop, stop. This song is wrong for you. Have you ever seen him going, to- stop, Susan, wrong song for you, love. Go home, you're too old, too, too, too decrepit. We're going to laugh at you. So what happens is this little kid comes on. And he goes, I think you should sing, um, have you got another song? Luckily he had. And of course, it was a song straight out of the show that he's been in for the last 12 weeks in the West End, the Michael Jackson thriller show, of which he is one of the participants. So of course, no big surprise when you go, I I can do a Michael Jackson, of course you can, love, you've been singing it for 12 blooming weeks. Turns out, he goes to stage school, he's been in loads of productions, he's been on children's television, he's done loads of things. He's a professional entertainer, ladies and gentlemen. So he's up against some poor old biddy who they're trying to flog around the way. She's got, oh, I don't know. I've been asked to do gay Mardi Gras. I'm not gay. Thank God for that. That's all. Lesbians everywhere are raising a glass to that one. Thank God in heaven. She's straight. She's straight. Unfortunately, never been kissed. Never been kissed. So, uh, again, it's just a brilliantly put-together programme. It's just clever. It's terribly, terribly clever. And I love it when it manipulates people. I love it. I just think it's so, so clever. So, so clever. Uh, 84850. Another one here. Uh, This is from... I don't know. Can somebody's name really be Radley? Is that a... What do you think Samuel's the first name? He says, you said that Nick... The LBC presenter was working all over the place, but you prefer to do other things. People would say that's because Nick isn't lazy. No, it's because he needs the money after the divorce. <laughs> that's all it is. He's just trying to recoup what he had to pay. That's all it is. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you the reason he's doing it is because the divorce cost him, although probably not as much as he was hoping. Or, sorry, not as much as he wasn't hoping to pay. And so now he's trying to claim it all back again. You see? Some people, you know, that people just like to sort of, you know, go and earn lots and lots of money. Uh, Stephanie said, a photo for my trip to Port Lim on Saturday. Thank you very much indeed. Had a great day out. It's great down there, isn't it? We absolutely love it. Absolutely love it down there. But London Zoo, the children's section yesterday, very shortly we'll be putting that up on YouTube. We should get thousands more hits. And, And that was good. So stroking an aardvark, which unfortunately you're not allowed to do. But, uh, but I was. So, you know, it was, was a very nice thing to... I've been quite lucky, actually, with things you can do. I actually went in there, uh, and I thought my hand would smell when we came... You know, you automatically sort of stroke an animal, and you go like that just to see if it smells. They don't smell at all. 
Mainly because they're lying just in, in sand, sleeping. I mean, you could literally lift them up, move them around, and just carry on sleeping. Absolutely lovely. So thanks to Jim down there. And we will, we will put that up on, on YouTube very, very shortly. Uh, 84850, steve at I've no idea uh, when Monty Modlin presented. It was years ago on LBC, probably about 79, 80, I think. Long since dead, I'm afraid. He was the king of the freebies, Monty Modlin. He used to love it. He used to have this song he used to sing, which was, Pardon my cheek and the way that I speak. No matter, it, was, it was one of these, what you call, you know, down with the people kind of thing. He used to do a programme on television. And he became very well known in and around London. He worked on LBC doing this phone-in. But uh, I always remember him and Barbara Windsor on. And uh, Barbara just used to get all these calls from me. Hello, Barbara, I'd love to. And you'd hear the LBC jingle played over the top. <laughs> and all you'd hear is her laughing in the studio. I think somewhere in the LBC archives that still exists. And it was Monty Modlin. Well, we've got another call now. This is Bert. Hello, Bert. Hello, Barbara. I'd just like to say I'd really like to... Da, 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 da. The whole thing, the whole programme was sort of all these people who wanted to do naughty things to, uh, to Barbara Windsor. There you go, a sex symbol even then. Stephen Harlington says every parent should have a picture of Sarah Boyle on the mantelpiece. It would keep the kids away from the fire. Oh, there's a picture of her in the paper. It's mean. It's not her fault she looks like that and doesn't really care about the way she looks. That's not her fault. That's just, you know, some people, I mean, if I had my way, I'd be out in my uh, pyjamas here today. Well, of course, I suddenly remembered I don't wear pyjamas. So that wouldn't be very attractive, would it? And uh, strangely enough, they've managed to get a great piece today, great piece in the, uh, the Express on uh, the Thames and the rock legends of eel pie. And there's a lovely picture of what, uh, of what it looked like. My God, this is fantastic. I love this picture. I don't know where they got it from. But this is about the, uh, the hotel on Eel Pie and the groups who played there. So I'm, I'm cutting that bit out today. <laughs> I'll have to. All sorts of people, the who played there. But it's a lovely picture of the riverside. It really is. I'd love to know where exactly this is so I could try and get my bearings. Very good indeed. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk uh daily mail uh t- oh, i'll tell you what let's do the sun far more interesting isn't it the sun's got uh shaheen me girls and amy winehouse it's lovely isn't it he's got absolutely everything you want he's uh he's a product of a single mother which is fantastic and uh they've got everything and of course this is his dream to be on britain's got talent and sing for her majesty I can only hope Her Majesty sort of finds something else to do for Royal Variety this year. Ladies and gentlemen, Susan Boyle. Oh, God. <laughs> just, uh, I dreamed a dream. You know, it's just going to die on its arse for the Royal Variety, I'm afraid. It really is. Did you know that Lady Gaga... You know that celebrities have all got little quirks, little foibles, little things to do. This one takes her floral crockery with her everywhere. So, in other words, when she goes... I'll tell you the worst one. What was the worst one? There was one that turned up at the BBC with an entourage of about 60 people. Generally speaking, the bigger the entourage, the naffer, the celebrity. And this one turned up. They had to redecorate the dressing room for her. It had to be hung with this special silk. So they literally went in there. I think it might have been Mariah Carey. I think it's Mariah Carey. I, mean, I wouldn't... Well, it doesn't make any difference either. It's an American diva, OK? I mean, frankly, most of them, too much this and very little action, OK? And so she turns up. She has to have somebody who tests her tea. It has to be at the right temperature. Uh, people weren't allowed to speak to her. I mean, quite clearly, because she's too stupid to actually answer anybody. Who's the one with the big ass? Was that Mariah Carey? No, Jennifer Lopez. It was either Jennifer Lopez or Mariah Carey. It was one of the two. But they had to... The BBC had to be sealed off... 
And then they had to put the walls of this dressing room. So they've got lots of dressing rooms, all in that rotunda. It's little dressing rooms. And they've got little bathrooms. Hers had to be two knocked through. And all the walls were sort of covered with, I don't know what it was, some sort of damask. And then they sort of sit there holding court. It's like, I think one particular group uh, had to have Smarties in a bowl, but all the blue ones taken out. And you think, do they just do it just to be funny? And the answer is, yeah, they do. I mean, we've all got... When I go on tour, I have riders on my things. Fluffy towels, no throwing of any underwear whatsoever in any shape or form. No touching the artiste. <laughs> 84850 uh, Marion says, what do you wear in bed, apart from your Chanel number no. 5? Actually, to be honest with you, I can't bear the smell of Chanel number no. 5. <laughs> it's the only thing... I was the only one who used to like poison. Was it poison? Yeah. And I remember somebody said to me once, poison? And I went, gee, I love the smell of poison and opium. And somebody said, no, it's a really heavy perfume. And, and I said, yeah, but I loved it. And I've suddenly realised every single perfume and aftershave smells different on every person. So, in other words, I can wear an aftershave, somebody else can wear it, it smells completely different on them. So you go past... I remember passing a lady in, what was it, Kingston, months ago, and I went... She was on the escalator, and I went, excuse me, I said, what's that perfume you're wearing? I said, it's absolutely fantastic. And quite clearly, people are not prepared for you to say it. It's a great intro to talk to somebody. It's a great intro, because somebody's got to follow it up with, oh, well, actually, it was bought for me. And before you know where you are, you've got a conversation going. So she ended up telling me what this perfume was, and I, I might have been brute or something. Anyway, I can't remember. And, um, and it was really nice. So if ever you go past someone, you go, that's lovely. Go and ask them. Go and say, excuse me, you're going to think I'm really daft. What are you wearing? It's lovely. And people go, mm, thank you. <laughs> Not going to be doing that. This is my stomach going this morning. Have you heard this? That's my stomach. Ridiculous. I don't know what's going on here today. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, every single text and email we weave into the programme. I see that Katie Price, otherwise known as Jordan, pulled out of the um, the uh, the show jumping thing yesterday, the polo event. You know why? Apparently she'd uh, injured her knee. Whew, that was lucky, wasn't it? <laughs> Nearly had to prove to everybody that you can't actually do polo because she can't. She'd admitted before she never played it in her life. And she probably doesn't realise that each horse is on the pitch for about between a minute and three minutes. That's why if you play polo, you've got to be immensely rich. She hasn't got anywhere nearly enough money to play polo because you need a, around about 30 polo ponies. That's why the Argentinians do it, because each polo pony comes on, they race them around the course, and then they go and then they have another one, so it's a fresh one each time. So what, what's she got? Some old cart horse. And also in the paper today, she's been proven to be a bit of a fibber. You know, she was telling us she was best friends with... Um, Princess Anne. No, sorry, Prince Zara Phillips. Zara Phillips says, no, we're not. No, we're not. And so Katie Price's agent has come back. Have you ever seen her? She looks like Godzilla. But she's obviously very good. And uh, she said, well, you know, Katie doesn't like to talk about her celebrity friends. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> she hasn't got any. I've seen all the pictures of the parties at Katie Price's place. She knows the two queens, one who does the makeup and the other one. She's got uh, Michelle Heaton. Uh, she used to have Kerry Katona, but they don't talk anymore. Uh, and that's about it. She hasn't got anybody else. Nobody else likes her because she's such hard work. Shame, really, isn't it? 84850, uh, Other stories in the papers. Actually, I must find out because when we came in this morning, the um, Hammersmith flyover was closed off. And I don't know why it was closed off. And in fact, so you go round Hammersmith Broadway thinking you could pick it up at the end of the flyover and they've closed that bit off as well. So we need to find out whether or not the uh, Hammersmith flyover is, uh, is back to normal. And also, the lights were out of phase 
down by the Mortlake Cemetery. They were out of phase yesterday, and it sent the traffic back for miles and miles. Luckily, I managed to uh, to get through, but people were turning around in the road. But it's the lights out of phase. Strangely enough, they were faffing around with them on uh, Sunday morning. So quite clear, they've screwed them up down there, haven't they? Listen, we'll take a short break for the uh, news. Apparently, Jack Tweed's mum and sister have made an emotional visit to Jade's grave on his behalf, because, of course, he's banged up because he's a convicted thug. Mary Tweed and Laura spent more than an hour reading tributes to the star. Who's, what, Jack, the star, or Jade Goody? Reading tributes. How bizarre. They had promised that they'd visit while he's in prison. Second time he's been in prison, actually, but not only is Jade's former house up for sale, you know, the barn, and, and they, they did a picture of it, of course, very misleading, because there's four houses there. But the bloke next door, do you remember the one who had the altercation on the driveway? He's selling up as well. He's had enough of it. He said, I'm sick to death of people coming up the drive. So, uh, good for him. He's selling it. It's LBC 97.3, and the time now, almost to the second, is 5.30. Text 84850. Want to go pretty 24 to 6? No, it's not. It's not 24 to 6. I've just realised. 25, 26, 27. 28 to 6, just in case you're panicking. Incidentally, if you're coming into town on the M4 and you're coming in through Hammersmith, the flyover's closed, still closed. My advice is leave early. That is going to cause absolute chaos. That's one of, That's the main route... In and out of West London. The main route. You're coming on the M4. My advice would be, coming on the M4, come off at Chiswick and whip round the back there. If you know that route. If you don't, you're going to be sitting in traffic, going round Hammersmith Broadway. A dump of a place, if ever there was anything. Absolutely dreadful. So, uh, my advice is, leave early. It'll be, uh, it'll be well worth it, and you will thank me afterwards. Or, failing that, come off, come off at Chiswick and nip round the back till you come round Turnham Green. You're probably thinking, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Read Katie Price, Steve. Do you think that's a moody so she can pull out of the marathon as well? Yeah, because she's supposed to be training for the marathon, because me and Pete, that'll be the handbag she carries around with her, uh, is training for the marathon, and we don't want like, to let people down and do, do stuff like that. She's great, isn't she? But she's got no celeb friends at all. It's, 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 it's quite pitiful, really. It's a bit like Victoria Beckham. Victoria Beckham's only got the four, or the three, which she drags out. One is her husband, uh, and then the other one is married to Tom Cruise. But you've noticed he's kind of distanced himself. So, in fact, he doesn't go out with them very often now. If he did, I think he probably sees it as shameless publicity. And he's not into that kind of thing. Uh, the other one is somebody else, and then there's another one who's somebody else as well, which is good. Uh, 84850, my God, I tell you, we've really scraped the barrel this morning. The Daily Mirror, Colleen Nolan, my story. Mm. I was part of a reasonably successful singing group. I didn't actually sing any of the hits. I just la la my way through them. Uh, I'm not very good on Loose Women. Uh, I lost my husband, uh, Shane. Uh, my affair, my guilt, uh, my mental hell and my revenge on Shane. And that is Colleen's life in a nutshell. Who the... Who's going to buy that autobiography? Who is going to buy it? All this week, my tell-all book from Chocking Childhood to Showbiz Secrets. I wonder if she's going to talk about her father. Now, you remember one of the other sisters talked about the abuse that she suffered at the hands of her father. And strangely enough, Colleen has never mentioned this. I wonder if she'll be mentioning this in her tell-all book. Or will she be glossing over the fact of what her father was like? That's what I'd be keen to find out. Uh, Steve, uh, good morning. Is British Haven got real talented guys turning out? Um... I don't think we've actually got much talent in this country. Put it this way, any talent would be going, not going on to a talent show. 
Because there is the danger, is there, that you could be sort of voted off because they're looking for the weird and the peculiar people. Because the weird and the peculiar people get the news coverage. There's no point in going for somebody, as we, as we proved ages ago, there's no point in going for somebody who's, who's actually very good at what they do, because that's dull. They're, they're never going to get coverage in the newspaper, so they, they've got to go for something that's, uh, that's got an edge to it. So that's why they've sort of, sort of stuck poor old Susan Boyle everywhere. I mean, the fact of the matter is, she's so out of her depth, but they're not interested in that. All they want to do is make money, and they want to make money fast. You don't seriously believe, no, you don't, of course you don't, that they're that interested in her as a person. They're interested in the making of the money. How quickly can we get her in the studio, record an album, and get it on sale? That's exactly what they'll be thinking at the moment. Irrespective of whether she wins this blooming thing, makes no difference. To them, it makes not one scrap of difference. How quickly can we get her in the studio? It's exactly the same as X Factor, isn't it? They're all winners because they're all going to feature on an album. They all go on tours, they make a little bit of money, and then that's it. Once, the, once they've made their money out of the tour, they dump them. Where are all these other people from years ago? Where are all the winners of all the X Factor? Where are they now? Hardly any of them have survived. Hardly any. Many of them, record contracts cancelled. Because Steve Brookstein, another one, he's still working, luckily, because he actually can perform live. Most of the others are just manufactured, so they can't do it. I bet you in a year's time, you'll be like, Alexandra who? Leona Who? That's what you'll be saying in a year's time. Because once the public lose interest and they don't have the backing because they've moved on to people like Susan Boyle, they, they can't faff around with this. Go, Listen, we're all going to... Oh, for God's sake. Leona, do this tour. Oh, I don't want to do that. I want to. Do- well, we haven't got time for you. Steve Brookstein told us exactly the same. He said, I said, I want to record these... Th-. No, you're recording what we tell you. You record... Well, I don't want to do... Well, that's it. You're not having a contract then. And out the window he went. And the people started going, naff old Steve Brookstein. No, clever old Steve... Excuse me, it's Steve Brookstein. Because he's still working. He's still working. Half this other lot be claiming the dole in about two years' time. The dole. <laughs> Does anybody do the dole anymore? Um, Graham says, I've got hundreds of hours of Kenny Everett on tape. Do you think anybody would be interested? eBay, I should imagine, because if you've got them, everybody else has got them. There's nothing, nothing new in Kenny Everett tapes, I'm afraid. Uh, was it true about Colleen's father? Absolutely. One of the sisters wrote it in her autobiography. I noticed that Colleen very tactfully didn't mention it at all. Uh, Steve, Lady Gaga has to be the most overrated celeb. After all the hype, I was disappointed with her and her music. Just Madonna part Mark II. I don't know, being Madonna Mark II is not bad, is it? I would think, but I don't know anything about her. I'll tell you what I do know about. I do know about Kim Marsh. I know a lot about Kim Marsh, because I remember when Kim Marsh uh, appeared on the television in a reality show, and um, she'd already dumped the children by that time. And uh, one of the family was looking after them. So she were, they, they put her in the group and then she went, better tell you, I've got two children. They went, OK, right. So then Kim Marsh, who I've always seen as quite conniving, uh, decides to go out with Jack, as you know. Jack, big star in EastEnders and does very well indeed. And all of a sudden starts going out with her and he's besotted with her. So that was a bit of a shame, because I just saw it as a shameless way of trying to get publicity. It's like Danielle Bucks. I'm sorry, I just see it as a shameless way. You go out with somebody who is more famous than yourself, and then you turn yourself into a celebrity. It's the Jack Tweed syndrome. So here is Kim Marsh, uh, out again on the town, having dumped Jack, because she was having an affair with somebody else. And uh, she's now with her boyfriend, Hollyoaks, Jamie Lomas. Well, to be honest with you, I've got no idea who Jamie Lomas is. He's in hot... Yeah. But, but that's, you look at a picture of him... He's the fattest bloke you've ever seen. I've got... I thought he... I thought Hollyoaks, they were all slim and gorgeous. She's obviously picked the naff one, poor soul. But anyway, she's, uh, she's seen out on the town again. She went to an award. She's very brave because, you know, recently she... Uh, 
Her son was uh, born 18 weeks premature and died. So she's being very brave. That uh, It's her first public event that she's been out to. And the cameras were there to record it. But this this boyfriend, good blimey, I'd have, I'd have stayed with the husband. Stayed with the husband. I mean, I don't even know who he is. Who is he? Is he? He's in, oh, he has put on a bit of weight. Doesn't he just? Being in Hollyoaks. See, I'm never wrong on this show. <laughs> never wrong. If I say they put on weight in their lardies, I'm not saying it for an effect. I'm telling you the truth. I tell you, I never understand as well how on earth Scary Spice ever gets a show in Las Vegas. I've really got no idea. Least talented, least attractive out of the group. Least talented, but there, there she is. Uh, here's, um, what's Morrissey. God, I didn't even know Morrissey was still going. But apparently he is. He said he could smell burgers on the backstage barbecue. <laughs> God, how awful. Uh, Sack Jody, and a young actress who hanged herself. An actress who's been in quite a lot of things. She's been in Casualty in the Bill. Her name was Stephanie Parker. And um, she was uh, discovered dead just two days after a long-running show she starred in was screened for the last time. She got a, a, um, a job in the BBC Wales show called Belonging. And she was found in fields at 6am. At 22, she hangs herself. And you think to yourself, why did nobody know that she wasn't happy? I never understand how on earth parents, they go, well, she seemed all right to us. Well, quite clearly not. She was that disturbed that she wanted to hang herself. You've really got to be at the end of your tether if you're prepared to take your own life. You really have. It's not the kind of thing you've, you think lightly. You know, everybody has bad time. You know, you go through it, you go, oh, I haven't got any money today, or I can't afford to do this, or I've just spilt, you know, wine down my trousers, or I've done something stupid like that. But you've really, really got to be depressed to want to take your own life. And you see more and more young people doing it. And you think, where are the parents? Where are their friends? I would spot it. If one of my friends all of a sudden started sort of, you know, not going out or becoming reclusive or, you know, not phoning, or so, I'd start thinking, something not right here. There's something not right. You would pick up on it. Yet most of these parents afterwards go, oh, I had no idea there was something the matter with them. You think, well, why? You're supposed to know these kind of things. It drives me mad. Uh, oh, we've got a how... Oh, I forgot. Oh, this is ridiculous. It's a how low today. You know I love my how lows. And this one... God dear, I'll tell you. Are you sure this is today's? Both these prizes on here for people listening at the moment. God, blimey. It's a 42-inch, not a 38-inch, a 42-inch LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. (gasps) Have you ever played on a Nintendo Wii? On a 42-inch television, it is fantastic. Fantastic. The Nintendo Wii will get you fit before you even know. You'll be doing it, playing it, and not even realising how fit you're getting. I mean, this television as well, the 42-inch LCD, has got invisible speakers, it's digital built in, it's got everything. Both these, not, not for two people, one person. One person will walk away at 7pm this evening with our 42-inch LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. It's a ludicrously generous offer today. All you have to do is tell me how low it will go. You've got to guess the lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 7pm today. You text LBC, then your bid in pence. If you think it's going to go for 84 pence, you text LBC 84 and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence. If you think maybe pound sixty, you text LBC 160 and send that to treble eight. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 7pm today. The bidders must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. What a lovely package. An LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. Just too too generous on this programme. Actually, unfortunately, my, my generosity did not extend as far as Hillsborough. 
because I was uh, watching it on the television and there were cutaways and I think, I can't remember whose uh, reserve goalie it was, who was laughing and joking during the silence and he was nudging his teammate. And I remember thinking, who the bloody hell are you, mate? to disrespect people who lost their lives. It was absolutely shameful. What have the club done? Uh, we've suspended him for two weeks. <laughs> Sob that for soldiers, ladies and gentlemen. Get rid of him. What a disgusting... I hope that when he next walks out onto the pitch, he's booed and heckled and everything else. What a disgusting thing to do in the middle of a tribute to those 90-plus people who lost their lives at Hillsborough. And there was this man nudging his teammate. What did he think he was doing? What did he think he was doing? Stupid prat hate people like that. Get rid of him. Absolutely get rid of him. So a quick look at the weather for today. What has the little one promised us? A dry and bright day with plenty of sunshine. 19 centigrade, warmer than yesterday. My golly, it was lovely. Uh, sunset is uh, three minutes past eight. It's currently six degrees centigrade and that's at 5.30. Lovely. Tomorrow, warm and dry, plenty of sunshine. Cool. It's a day for washing. Uh, Noreen says, a friend of mine always wore perfume called white linen. Oh, I know white linen. Another friend liked it and bought it. Unfortunately, it made her smell of chocolate. That was years ago. <laughs> smell of chocolate. I remember white linen. I remember white linen. I absolutely remember white linen. Uh, Dawn says, I have a dilemma. A dilemma. I love listening to you live when I can, but you've just given away who they got rid of on Hell's Kitchen last night and haven't the chance to watch it yet. <laughs> well, I'm assuming everybody watches Hell's Kitchen. So I've been recording it and watching it. That way I shouldn't find out who went before I see it. There's no way I can see it before 5am. So maybe I'll have to not listen to you live for the next few days when I know that someone would have been, will have been evicted. So that's the trouble is, I'm, I'm going to be saying it because it's going to be in the papers. Unfortunately on this one, he turned out to be so horrible he had to go. He had to go, especially after he abused lovely Anthea Turner. You know how much we all love Anthea and her gorgeous husband, Grant Bovey. Uh, Dawn says, uh, I like to listen to the show live on Wednesday with Steve Hargrave, though I always listen live when he's on, as long as it's physically possible. So I'll still be listening live on Wednesday. Speaking of Steve, I thought he'd been on a bit longer than usual last week, as you went to him a bit earlier. When I listened back to the recording, I discovered he was on for just over 12 minutes. A record. I think it must be. Actually, it depends, you know, how, how long the news sequence lasts. That's, that, that determines how quickly we can actually, uh, Go, Tim. 12 minutes. I think you're right. An absolute record. Thank you very much indeed, James. It's 13 minutes to uh, six. Somebody says here, why are you being nice to Steve Brookstein? You hated him a few weeks ago. No, I've never hated him. Never hated him at all. In fact, he's appeared on In Conversation. We've always been huge. In fact, Amanda just said to me, what are they writing about Stevie and Vauxhall? Want to wash your ears out, sonny boy. We've always loved Steve Brookstein. That's why he came on In Conversation. In fact, that's why it's been run three times. Oh, no, 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 we've never, never... We were all in favour of him. We loved it. Perhaps you've been listening to something else. Perhaps something else. Philip says Dave Cash is still broadcasting, is he? Why, why would that be interesting to anybody? I don't know. Uh, Steve, go to M&S for glasses. They're 50p each. I can't buy 50p glasses. How can I offer my guests 50p glasses? I'm offering them £12, £15 bottles of Chardonnay in a 50p glass. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, we will be offering... I should go to the pound shop. I'm not wasting 50 pence on a glass. They'll have plastic and we throw them away afterwards. Works much better. God, 50p. God, well, you must think people are made of money round here. Made of money. Which we're not. Uh, Come Dine With Me has a knack of giving us some rude people to laugh at. Last night, says Johnny, featured a female who said if she was an animal, she would be a black panther. I disagree. I think a loud hippo doing an impression of a vulture, doing an impression of a wildebeest running from a hyena on crack would be more appropriate. It's time the host said to any rude guest, get out of my house. That would liven things up. Certainly make Dave Lamb speechless. 
I agree, actually. Johnny's also the one who's, uh, who's come up with the fact that another annoying minor celeb has deemed it necessary to inflict on the public details of her life so far. Colleen Dreary Nolan, of no particular talent, has made a deal with national newspapers to flog her particular recollections of the past. One presumes it will be earth-shattering news and give her lots of sympathy. Some might say a way of getting more TV or radio work. My production company has a new series running title, Real Celebs with Class Who Don't Kiss and Tell. See, I like that. There's a thing in the paper today, it's in the Daily Mail, Prince Harry's Night with the Gladiator Girl. I mean, quite clearly, he chucks it around all over the place. You remember the other week, it was Natalie Pinkham, hardly a difficult pull, let's face it. And so she went to the papers and starts, what is it with these kiss and tell? Do you think that people go, oh my goodness, Prince Harry fancies Natalie Pinkham? No, people are going, wouldn't touch that. That's what people are saying in the real world. Nobody's ever going to look up to somebody and go, oh, you've been out with Prince Harry. Mm, Unfortunately, you've still got no class. You know, it's just not going to happen, is it? And unfortunately, of course, already he's moved on from Natalie Pinkham, who might have been the infamous one-night stand, to now be with the gladiator girl. So the next thing is, she'll have her five seconds of fame, and then she'll be picked up by a footballer, and then she'll be seen a score, you know, going in a, like, sort of dreary Charlotte Mears. You know, claim to fame, slept with a footballer quite a few times, and, uh, and then sold the story. What is it about these people who want to sell you their stories? Why would anybody be remotely... If you were Natalie Pinkham's parents, you think, do we really want to read this? This is our little girl, and she's talking about who she's slept with. Who she, oh, dear me, it's just so unnecessary. So unne- It's like Colleen Nolan. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, I never ever thought the least successful one of the Nolan sisters, the one who had the least amount of talent, would be writing a book. I mean, we're going to have to... It's bad enough suffering with her on Loose Women. Now you've got to suffer with her being remaindered in the pound bin. You know, because she's written a book. Well, she's not written it because she's been far too busy and I don't actually believe, listening to her uh, interviewing skills on television, that she could ever actually write a book at all. Uh, 84850, steve at Weave them all into the programme. I love Monday morning. I do love Monday morning. I don't know why I love Monday morning. Everybody else hates it. I must be the only one who loves Monday morning. I bounce out of bed on a Monday going, yeah, love it. Uh, here she is again. Oh, dear. It's, um, it's some woman who appeared on a television show. Perhaps you'll be having her hair done next, I should imagine. That'll be nice, won't it? And um, there's also there was a piece in the paper today on where, where the rich live. Do you know St Albans came out top of the list? St Albans came out top of the list. So that's good, isn't it? And uh, by George, it's a day to celebrate the best of British. Gurkha soldiers from war-torn Afghanistan uh, came back and in the warm spring sunshine, huge crowds celebrated. Good for them. West Bromwich in the West Midlands. And they were all there and clapping and doing stuff like that, which I like. Uh, obesity, what's it down to? Fizzy drinks. Fizzy. I know they're nice. You know, when it's... I tell you what I saw the other day outside the zoo. I saw all sorts of, um, of illegal ice cream vans, generally run by, by mafiosa-type people. And the police don't do anything about it. They just sort of drive past these people who are selling overinflated rubbish. Rubbish. Really is terrible. Terrible. Uh, there's also 12 illegal immigrants caught trying to smuggle themselves into the UK in a lorry full of classic cars. And so here they are leaning all over these classic cars. Uh, an agency officer noticed that the lorry had been tampered with. Uh, they, these cars date back to the 20s and they were touching them and everything else. I'm not surprised we want to come here. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you can come here, we give you a house, we give you loads of money. Then if you move out of the country, we carry on sending it to you. Does any other country do this? Do you think Somalia is known for sending benefits around the world? 
Is the United States known for sending benefits around the world? Do, do, do France do that on their benefit system? You know, you, you go to France on holiday, you sort of sign up, register and say, terribly sorry, you know, I mean, I think you should all be speaking English. I, I don't speak French. I know we're in France, but I, I don't speak the French language. Uh, I prefer to speak English, and I think it's insulting. I should be given a job in this bank. I've got nothing to do with banking. I just think I should have a job here. And I think the fact you haven't given me one is discrimination against the English, and I want money. Because that's how it works for everybody else. In fact, as, as was pointed out to me in a, in a poem that was, that was sent in, and I, I've seen it before, actually. It's, uh, it's an old poem that has done the rounds. And it says, uh, Goodbye to my England, so long, my old friend. Your days are numbered, being brought to an end. To be Scottish, Irish or Welsh, that's fine, but don't say you're English, that's way out of line. The French and the Germans may call themselves such. So may Norwegians, the Swedes and the Dutch. You can say you are Russian or maybe a Dane, but don't ever say you're English again. At Broadcasting House, the word is taboo. In Brussels, it's scrapped in Parliament, too. Even schools are affected. Staff do as they're told. They must not teach children about England of old. Writers like Shakespeare, Milton and Shaw, the pupils don't learn about them anymore. How about Agincourt, Hastings, Arnhem or Mons, when England lost hosts of her very brave sons? We're not Europeans. How can we be? Europe is miles away, over the sea. We're the English from England. Let's all be proud. Stand up and be counted. Shout it out loud. Let's tell our government and Brussels too. We're proud of our heritage and the red, white and blue. Fly the flag of St George or the Union Jack. Let the world know we want our England back. So there you go. Been doing the rounds for a while. Thank you, Sheila, for sending me uh, that one in. I think my reading's getting so much better, you know. I mean, I used to be terrible. When I was seven, I was terrible reading. Very stirring reading, I think, you know. Some people, you know, I mean, I don't want to mention any names, would have to record that, and then it'd have to be edited down, and then sort of the best bits left in. Uh, 84850, steve at So we've been some more of your uh, texts and emails between now and seven. I know you mainly hate the Monday morning, but everybody else loves it. Um... Brian says, the BBC archive will be interested in, in converting the Kenny Everett tapes if the person is interested, they're interested. Uh, I think they've already got them, haven't they? They're absolutely, they've got everything. I don't think they want any more. Unless they're absolutely that original. Everything, every radio station archives everything. LBC's archives are legendary. Everything is, so they would have every, every show anyway. Shouldn't imagine they'd want more of it. Why would you want more copies of something? Got loads of them. Loads. I should imagine they were very early. I mean, the one thing that LBC's got is all its news archives. All its celebrity interviews. I think it's, it's got all of these Steve Allen, A Place in the Country, a series I did about 25 years ago, which was very good, you know. Even I, thought, I think we should rerun it. And a lovely, well, we would have had, we would have had a lovely series called Lovies with loads of people from the business who aren't actually uh, alive anymore, who came in to, uh, to do a, a light-hearted quiz. We had Barry Tookin and, and Enri Tell and oh, Barry Cryer and people like that. Unfortunately, we had a mad programme controller at one point in our career and he came in and just destroyed everything. Just ever, it was all archive material. It just went, which was a shame. Uh, the OK Celebrity Charts. Oh, Susan Boyle. There'll be a bit of money for you there, Susan. They'll cut your benefits, so be very careful. Amy Winehouse, Phil Spector. And uh, Chris Moyles. Uh, to be replaced by a younger face. Who wants a younger face on radio? The whole idea is, on radio, and I thought it was a non-starter, this, uh, this story in the papers on Saturday, uh, is if somebody's successful, why would you get rid of them? As long as somebody generates interest, it doesn't matter what people are saying, as long as they spell your name properly, as long as it generates interest, and as long as, you know, you can be top of the podcast, and uh, also in the top ten of the podcast, and things like that, and people download you on YouTube, and have a look at where you go, and stuff like that, as long as you're doing that, you're doing it right. 
It's only when nobody's talking about you, you kind of worry about things. So the one thing you've got to do is make a bit of a noise. And if you make a bit of a noise and you generate something from people, because otherwise people are, you know, a bit... Mm-hmm. You know, you can ask various people about certain presenters, you know, and you can say, well, so what do you think about that? Mm, I don't know. Don't really have an opinion. You've got to have an opinion about somebody. Got to have an opinion. Anybody ever like Leonard Rossiter? I never, ever got Leonard... I like Rising Damp, but and I like the adverts, which he did with Joan Collins. And actually, talking to Joan Collins, she turned up the other day. They have, and I've never been to one, uh, an autograph session, whereby a lot of celebrities, Ernest Borgnine, uh, Joan Collins, um, Oliver Tobias, loads of famous people go and sit in a, in a hall behind a table, and you can come up and you can, for £25... Or ten pounds if you're Abby Titmus, you can have, or perhaps free. Uh, you can you can have a, a picture with them, and they will sign it for you. And so they were all sitting behind. There was some guy who got the biggest queue at this autograph, and I've never even heard of him. And he's an American actor who's in, I think, Naked Gun, and he had the biggest queue. No, not Leslie Nielsen. No, it was somebody else I'd never heard of. It was Leslie Nielsen. I'd have heard of them, but uh, it was somebody at the biggest queue in the hall. Apparently, nobody was queuing for Oliver Tobias. I thought, well, he's, he was a heartthrob. Oliver Tobias, and Joan Collins. It's extra if you actually want to take a picture. So they, they have a picture and they will sign it. Hello, your name is? Signs, you know, I should be doing it. To Dawn. You know, another collection. Actually, probably won't actually. We'll have programmes. Anyway, so, and uh, wherever. And, and then you sort of sign these things, and then people went away. The reporter went down there. She said, in the space of a few minutes, I spent £170. £170. And the, these conventions are very lucrative, they had a guy there who was one of the first people, or one of the only people, to walk on the moon. Now, I remember talking to Fraser's autograph some years ago, and they, to prove how much money is in it, they wanted to do one of the, the moon people. I can't remember who it was, but it might have been Buzz Aldrin. I talked to Buzz Aldrin on LBC. And they offered him, wait, wait for this, this is to sign some bits of paper for them, and they would then sell them. How much did they offer him? A million pounds. They offered him a million pounds, and he said, don't want it. I don't need the money. He said, and also, he's one of these, these people. I think you'll find that uh, Paul Newman doesn't sign autographs. He says, I'll shake your hand, but he doesn't give autographs, which makes him very rare. So somebody like Steve Allen, of course, who signed a million and one that signed anything, you know, bring your granny out, we'll sign all over her, but it, it makes no difference at all. But people like Paul Newman, they're worth a lot of money. But, um, yes, he's, he's not with us anymore. So it makes him even more valuable. So if you've got a Paul Newman, that's worth a load of money. It's like getting all the Beatles together. Very rare, for the simple reason they all signed for each other. With Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's seven minutes past six. It's Monday morning. Roy says, uh, I, too, love Monday mornings. In fact, I went to bed last night looking forward to the morning. I feel really sorry for people who wake up probably late and put themselves through agonising hell for a couple of hours. Isn't that awful? He said, I hate it when I actually get off the, the train at Twickenham, walk up the stairs, and there's people running. It's almost like, and it's like shouting, waiting for a bus. Wait, wait, pl- I'm here, I'm here. And you think, get up earlier. For the simple reason, today, if you're coming into town on the M4, I only offer you this advice again because I know it's going to be a nightmare, the Hammersmith flyover is closed. Coming into town, you're going to be sent round Hammersmith Broadway, which means you've got four sets of lights to negotiate before you can get yourself back on the road, and you will not be able to go back on the road because they've closed the other end of the Hammersmith flyover. So where you would normally go round and then just pick it up at the bottom, you can't do that. They've closed it. So what you've got to do... Uh, I don't know, an incident. Uh-huh. An incident, we're told. It's a crash, apparently. It's an incident, isn't it? A crash? 
I think so. But uh, either way, they've not cleared it, and that was hours ago. I, I came in at 3.30, and it was still there then, so they've not cleared it up. Another crash. Second crash we've had to report on LBC, which is not so good, including, I think it's four members of one family killed in a Jaguar uh, because a Polish driver was driving the wrong way up a motorway. Uh, How you drive the wrong way up a motorway, I've got no idea. He did a U-turn, though, didn't he? But, th- I mean, would you not kind of see? Well... That must have been some speed they were going. Must have been some speed for all those people to be killed. Absolutely dreadful. This is Susan Spence. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. Before we go, I get going, I have to say good morning to Monty, who was my uh, cab driver this morning. Mm. And he was, oh, he was lovely. And we had a good old chat. And him and his wife have been listening since LBC began. And they love you. So Monty, there is nobody so that old. There is nobody <laughs> that old. I'm the only person who is that old, I'm afraid. Do we discover what, what Monty's wife's name is? Oh, no, I don't know what Monty's wife's name oh. is. I should have asked, because she does listen. She gets up specially to listen, whilst Monty is, obviously, he gets up because he's driving and he listens. Mm. Um, so, yes, he was very nice. We had a nice little chat. She'll now be sitting at home going, it's me! I know. I'm Monty's wife! <laughs> I know, I know. It's me! <laughs> Monty's wife, that's what she's going to be known as for till the end of time now. <laughs> Monty, nice to have you with us this morning. Very nice. Actually, I noticed today, because I had a bit of a, a contretemps over the weekend, I got a bit annoyed because I saw uh, some minicab drivers touting up by the casino up oh. here. Totally illegal. They're not yeah. allowed to get out of their cars and approach people. But this man was, was approaching women. And I thought he looked a bit suspect anyway. And apparently black cab drivers had a nightmare with these minicab drivers up there. Where are the police, I ask myself? Where are they? You know, single women. There was a single woman and this man gets out of his car, lounges over to her and starts, you know, making suggestions about getting in the car. Not a policeman in sight. I thought that was the whole point now that they have to license and got these... Well, these licences mean the... nothing. Nothing at all. I don't believe a word of it. You know, just because they've got a sticker in the back. As somebody pointed out, you can go to a car auction, buy one of these cars, mm. it's already got it in there. You can drive around pretending that you're licensed and pick people up. And people, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold anything on the, these things. I've seen some of the drivers. We've got a couple of people who've got businesses around Twickenham. Thugs. Wouldn't go anywhere near them. Well, anyway. it's like if you're out, you know, on a Saturday night or something around Soho and you're trying to get back. And the amount of times you're approached, you want a cab, do you want a cab, do you want a yeah. cab? And you're like, no, thank you. I want a pair of shoes made that's got a little blade in the front. No. And I stand there and just kick the tyre at the back and go, oh, your tyre's gone down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And then when they go to the back, do it to the front one. <sighs> Disgusting people. Anyway, uh, in the, the soaps, Kim Marsh was out the other day at an award ceremony. Yes, she was over in Ireland, wasn't yes. she? Um, her other half was, um, was up for an award but didn't win. Right. But she's looking well. I heard a story which I didn't quite believe, I think it was last week, that she was heading over to Hollywood Kim Marsh? Yeah. Oh dear, they do start believing I this know, rubbish, I don't know, I know. I thought, oh, because apparently her contract is, is up for renewal quite uh, soon. Um, so I don't know whether it's maybe a ploy to get Corey to keep her or whether it's a load of baloney altogether. It's strange, that, isn't it? Because I noticed that radio presenter who the son said was going to be uh, dropped later in the year, his contract was also up for renewal. And you do wonder if it's an agent ploy. I did hear... Uh, some years ago, that a certain presenter who used to work at another radio station in this building, every time his contract came up for renewal, would start saying, oh, because I'm leaving now. That's <laughs> it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave broadcasting. You think, no, you're not. They'll just up the money a bit. Mm. Not in this day and age, people I was don't. about to say that's <laughs> yes. a dangerous game well, to play nowadays, oh, really, isn't dear. it? Can you imagine anybody who goes into their boss and goes, right, either I get more money or I'm leaving, and they go, bye. Yeah, see ya. Can't do it. Can't do it now. You've got to start cutting your cloth and doing all that kind of stuff. I don't know what they call it now, I can't remember. (laughs)
having a bit of a bit of a breakdown <laughs> on a Monday morning. <laughs> too, too excited about Monty driving around at this time, and his wife, poor soul, who has to get up. I bet she has to make him. I bet and she, uh, he sounds like the sort of man he makes her a cup of tea. Yeah, I think morning. he would. Yeah, he's that sort I think, of man. I think he's straight. He's, My dad he did that nice, yeah. every morning. Would would wake up, have his cup of tea, and light his pipe, and sit in the kitchen, having a cup of tea, reading. I don't know what you used to read. Sometimes you just sit there listening to the radio, staring into the distance. You see, I just, I just don't do uh, unless I have to get up for work or whatever. I don't do early mornings. There's no, uh, really? never would there be a time that I would get up and sit. Just oh. it wouldn't even contemplate it. Really? No, no. We'd much rather. God, I do be that sleeping. all the time. I wait, especially on a Saturday morning. Because I was talking to Lynn yesterday. We sat on the patio with a bottle of wine, and, and I said, even on Saturday morning, I'm still up by about three thirty-four. But I've been awake from about 2.15. I doze on and off, and I'll sort of get up, and I'll watch a bit of television, and then fall <laughs> What? You see, I just think, that is just so Oh, that's alien. right. I've reached middle age now, have I? Oh. Is that an... Well, Sorry, I've, did you see middle-aged? Yeah. <laughs> At 38. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> it is, but it's funny, I, I derive great pleasure. I mean, I can quite happily now... We walked around London Zoo yesterday, around the children's section. I'm looking for benches. I'm looking for benches to sit down. I'm going, can we sit down now? Can we sit down? Out. Oh, do you know, I, I don't think there's anything the matter with that. A flask. You see, all of a sudden it becomes like, oh, it's an old people's thing. We had loads of people at the zoo yesterday and they brought their own packed lunches. And I was laughing, really, and I thought, that's me. Because then at least you know what you've got. I'd take some little pork pies and some tomatoes and some, some little ham rolls with a little bit of mustard in. You see, it's funny, I think it's like... It's old. funny, I rebel against that kind of thing. And oh, the reason why, because when I was growing up, whenever we went somewhere, my mum always gave us a packed lunch. Yeah. We were never given money to buy when we got somewhere. So I think now, as an adult, I rebel against that and think, well, now I can I can go and buy expensive sandwiches or whatever, even yeah. though I can't afford it. But it's just, I think it's just something in me that makes me rebel a little bit. Really? Yeah. Well, we, we, we were at the zoo, and in one of the canteens there, there was a couple in front of us, a man and a woman and a child, and their food, and it wasn't... Wasn't all that exotic. Was twenty seven pounds. Well, you see, you see. So that's why I think people take packed lunches. I mean, it's not that they're mean. It's just they're going for twenty seven pounds. For half of that, I can get a load of food, and we know what they're eating. Mm. So of course, everybody pays on on credit card. The amount of credit cards that come out because people go twenty seven pounds. Yeah, yeah. That, Chili that con is carne really was eight pound ninety five. You know, they, it was only just one spoonful. You see, it's funny. I actually, this is probably the Scottish bit coming out. Three of for me. a fiver in my I would, I would, um. <laughs> I, I probably would go hungry rather than pay that. Oh, would you? Or, I'd, or either that, I'd have the cheapest thing, even though if I didn't really like it, yeah. I'd have the cheapest thing. See, I mean, I'm, I'm not tight. I like value for money. Mm. But and, and there's certain things I look at and I go, how much? And I go, and I go no. I don't mind paying eight ninety five for a chili con carne even Well, you would if you'd seen it, because it, there wasn't much of it. If I'm at London Zoo, I don't fancy paying eight ninety five. No. I haven't been to the zoo for ages. Oh, and yet, you know what? I say ages, I mean years. Yes. I think it was when I took my little godson and he was like... I don't know, eight at the time, and now he's about 26, so that goes to show you. Not much chance of taking him now, is no. it? No, <laughs> that's why he'd take me. He'd <laughs> <laughs> take you. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. And uh, Dan, he says, another night over. So he's going home to, he's been doing night shift. Mm. So he's going to bed just when the rest of the world is waking up. He said, Danny and the babies will be up, and my sleep will not be disturbed. I love them all. He said, enjoy the sun, catch some rays for me. Because by the time he's, he's woken up and got ready, it's time to go back to work again. I've done nights before, Dan, but his, his is all over the place. So he does a week of nights and then he does days. Like, 
a lot of other people. I just it did is. constant overnights. I can't bear night shifts. Really? I can't bear them. Oh, I used to like it, actually. I think you're either a night person, night shift. <laughs> so I'm not a morning person, I'm not <laughs> a night, not night shift night person. person. Where are you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, the... I'm, clearly, I'm clearly the day person. <laughs> All right. It's uh, 6.15. LBC 97.3. Nick Ferrari at breakfast continues London's biggest conversation this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Monday morning. I know you all hate Monday morning. And don't forget, if you're coming into town, the Hammersmith flyover closed coming in. So that's one of the main routes in from the west. And it's going to be a nightmare. You'll have to go round, unless you know how to come off at Chiswick Roundabout. Do that one. Come, you can come down the uh, off the... Uh, the flyover, and uh, and go round Chiswick the back way, because that's the only thing that you can actually do, because otherwise you're going to be stuck around Hammersmith. It's going to ruin your day. Susan Spence is with us. Good morning. It's lovely here. It's uh, lovely here. <laughs> well, sorry, no, I, was just, I was just reading out. Of, it's, it's lovely yeah, here. Yeah, it's lovely it? here. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's made my shoulder hurt, actually. <laughs> it is lovely. It's lovely anywhere, actually. I'm grateful to be alive, I suppose. Uh, Steve says, I went to that collector's fair in Birmingham. In fact, there were two fairs at the same time, one with film actors, the other with TV actors. So obviously people like going to them, don't they? So I'm, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Uh, and uh, Debbie says, I had to laugh when you said hi to Monty. Our new rhino is called Monty. <laughs> I don't think he'd be driving a cab then at all. She says, uh, I've got a gift. It's on its way to you. Mondays are so much fun with you. It is true, actually. 84850, steve at Susan. The soaps? Have you watched any of them? I haven't watched anything at all. Oh, okay. I, I, I watched some dreadful thing with Sarah Lancashire in the early hours of this morning. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was ghastly. <laughs> it was absolutely... Not that one that's to do with the choir and Might Richard be. Fishman's in it. Oh, I don't know. Terrible. Oh, okay. Um, well, EastEnders, should we start with that, I, th- I think? Um, this is the week that at last, after uh, God knows how long of talking about it, uh, we get to, to meet um, Masood and Zainab's son, who is called uh, Saeed. He's going to be a new character that's joining the soap. Um, and he's the one who basically made the whole family uh, bankrupt. And Masood is just very upset with him. And Zainab, well, he sh- he's his elder, her eldest son, so she wants him to come back. And he spins her a yarn and he's just basically trying to get more money out of her. Um, but he's back. Um, he arrives in the square. Um, also, oh, we've got this storyline at the moment that I just can't be doing with, and that is, oh, God. Oh, no. Phil, well, Phil Mitchell is back on the booze. Oh, <laughs> but he and Shirley are sleeping together. You know, oh. Shirley. She's well, obviously not, girls. not very successful if he's on the booze. Oh, Linda Henry. Linda Henry we plays Shirley. Henry. Yeah, she's a great actress, oh, but the two Linda of them Henry. together, I'm sorry, you know what, well, it just puts you off your dinner. You go out for a drink with Linda Henry, she'd sort out anybody around you. Yeah, absolutely. But oh, she's um, great. I, yeah, but the, but the two of them together, oh, it just doesn't do it. Just doesn't do it for me at all. Um, so so these two, and then you've got Roxy and Jack. Oh, this is this whole storyline that's going on with Ronnie, and it's a bit of a love triangle type thing. And he basically kisses her, Roxy, this week, and that's going to upset Ronnie. But he's only doing because he wants to be a dad to Amy. It's all very complicated. Got Susan Boyle in there. She needs it. kissing. <laughs> Susan Boyle, God. Susan Boyle walks into EastEnders. Hello, I dreamed a dream and time's gone by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and uh, what's his name is back with a vengeance, Nick Cotton as well. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, is well, he back in now? Yeah, he appeared last week. I, 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 do you know what? I, I think that was a mistake to do that. I think it was a mistake to bring him back. I, just, oh, really? I don't think that it's adding anything. Ooh. The whole idea is that the little girl Dottie, who's actually a very good little actress, yeah. um, she and him Who? are going to basically make her, um, you know, feel as if she's. What are you doing? I thought I just spilled coffee. All oh, right. Well, that's always your head. I didn't. Have you been in the sun? Because your head's all red. Yes. Oh. I was in the sun yesterday. Oh, sunbathing. Right. Sunbathing. Unfortunately, I just now look like a toffee apple. <laughs> Do you remember your uh, so, sun No, cream I didn't now. put sun cream on. Or a oh, hat. your head. No. Foolish Steve Allen. Oh, dear. My own advice. I didn't take. Yeah. I didn't realise it was going to be that warm yesterday. But it has. It's, in fact, I can feel the heat. Mm-hmm. I do get burnt, actually, strangely. Well, you, well, you will, because, yeah. you know, there's not much hair covering that head. Sorry? <laughs> do beg your pardon, Susan. Shall I move that. on to another soap, or do you want to... Susan Sadie's got to leave us, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. That's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> Only just arrived, but yet got to go so soon. Oh, so quick, so quick. <laughs> um, so that's basically EastEnders for, for, for this week. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any other people want to pick on today? You know, do feel free. Oh, you know I love your jaggy I hair. I know. My what? Jaggy hair. Jaggy hair. Actually, it's strange, actually. I have it cut this short for a reason. <laughs> because it's, 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 it looks more aesthetically so, because pleasing. Because that's all the hair you've got. Well, that's right. I might go and buy a hat today. I might a buy a hat. hat. Not a sun hat. Babies have sun hats. I don't know what sort of hat I should wear. And I don't want to put sunscreen on because I don't want it... Because it make, might make my hair look as I've sort of, you know, lacquered it or something. The little hair that I've got there. <laughs> Do you know what they were selling at London Zoo the other day? Peanut brittle. Oh. But the really thick peanut brittle that my ex-producer bought me when he went uh, on honeymoon, I think. Oh, I remember when Giles bought that and, and ju- you just didn't like took, that at took all. Took my teeth out. Yeah, I remember Two that. Two teeth fell out on this peanut brittle. I remember that. What kind of leaving present is that, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. And the same peanut brittle was there. It's about it's about an inch thick, this stuff. You need to break it up with a hammer. Be very careful. Didn't he bring you that back from Greece? Which yes, we were kind Kefalonia. Of we were a bit puzzled as to the connection between kefalonia and peanut brittle. Apparently, it's it's a staple of kefalonia. A lot of old ladies make peanut brittle. How we don't ask. <laughs> but anyway, it arrives back in a in a sort of plastic box, and then you break. I mean, it tastes quite nice, but it's a bit bizarre. But by the time you get into it, it's a bit like that. I thing like those over it. sesame snaps. Have you seen oh, those? Oh, they're nice. I like those. They you know are where nice. they're made? Don't know where they're made. Poland. Are they? They're Polish, apparently. Well, they're made in Poland. Mm. I like those. Yeah, they're nice, quite tasty. Oh, very well. The, today they're, they're offering uh, Michael's Turkish delight. Oh, I don't like a Turkish delight. Oh, do you not? No, not at all. Oh, I like Turkish delight, no. but unfortunately, it doesn't quite like me. It's a bit too sugary. Mm. But I used to love coconut ice. We used to make coconut ice when we were children. Get the box of desiccated. Do you know nobody? Do you have a store cupboard at home? I bet you don't actually. Store. A store. St- a, st- a store. A store cupboard. <laughs> a store. A cupboard for stores. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> um, like, my mother used to have a, a, like like a, a larger, pantry. Pantry, larger yes. type And she'd thing. go in there and she would have everything. There'd be herbs and spices and cake mix and flour and yeast and... Why are you looking at me like this? Am I facing no, no, no. the wrong way? No, no, I agree, but I'm just smiling because I might have a cupboard with some tins in it. Right, but you see, you wouldn't have a store cupboard. No, my mother did, but not yes, me. Yes, my I mother did. Cook, so though. she had all this stuff. She had, you know, a little box of cases to put you know, cakes in and stuff like that. But she had all this because people made things. Mm. Now you have a cupboard full of tins. Yeah. I think the only thing we had in a tin was fruit salad. Very exciting family, weren't we? <laughs> We've got say. fruit salad, whoopie doo. What was that? One of these, like, you know, tin grapes or something that always tasted We used a bit to strange. buy the Del Monte fruit cocktail. Mm. It, was a, it was a bit naff, I'm afraid. But with ice cream, we thought that was quite good as kids. 
Nowadays, you go out there and they, they do these chocolate things with liquid chocolate in the middle. It's like a chocolate pudding. Have you had those? Say that again. It's like a chocolate sponge, but inside it's liquid chocolate. It's when you cut oh, yeah. into it, all the chocolate pours like out. Like the woman does in the advert, which she cuts into yes. it and she does her little... It's, it's something like death by chocolate. It's got mm. three million calories in yeah. it. Yeah. But I actually prefer a crumble. Yeah, me too. Love I like I, I like a crumble, but are you cream custard or ice cream? Well, if I was given the choice, it would be custard. Yeah, me too. It would be custard. Oh, and also, yes. strange enough, I can eat cold custard. Oh, me too, yeah. I, I do like a custard. Oh, we're so similar, Susan. Oh, Perhaps God. we should move in together. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I, I can eat cold custard straight out the tin. Oh. Is that a Scottish thing? I don't know, actually. I, 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 I do like custard. Oh, rhubarb crumble. Really? Out of, yeah, oh, rhubarb delicious. crumble and custard yes. probably is my favourite, actually. Oh, or funny that, my mother used to do a lovely uh, blackberry pie, but we'd have been out and picked mm. the blackberries. Mm-hmm. I don't think the shops were too happy about it, but anyway. Do you know what I like? But I've only ever had lately in in M and S um, is an Eve's pudding. Now I've heard of an Eve's pudding. I can't remember what it is. This is a, a like an upside down. Yeah, it's like an upside down sponge. sponge. Yeah, rather than a than a pie. Oh, right. I do like an Eve's pudding, um, but you know I have to make sure I have the custard with it because it's not the same on its own. Sometimes it comes in the little pot with a bit of yeah. custard, but it's never enough. Never the same. No, it's not enough. Either. Aunt, Aunt Bessie does jam roly poly. I'm not like fond. Oh, you're not. Jam oh, I love jam roly poly. I do like Aunt Bessie's stuff, though. Yes, I think she's. Good. I think she's a lovely woman. I can't oh, wait to meet her because no, I imagine she's a bit like Mrs. Bridges. Of course, she had Cabbage Rabson. I had her. an Aunt Bessie actually. Did you? And I think the woman in the picture looks like my Aunt Bessie. Like she had a a hair all up in a bun at the back, yes. like Aunt Bessie does in the in the in the picture on the. Yorkshire puddings and things. I have a sneaking feeling it's a load of Asian ladies up in <laughs> Weatherfield who are make this stuff. I don't believe Aunt Bessie exists. I mean, I used to look out for Mr Kipling in my early days. Never found him either. No, no, and now you're not likely to. I'm not likely to, but he did make exceedingly oh, good exceedingly. cakes. But Aunt Bessie's jam roly... Nobody has jam roly-poly anymore. No. It's, it's suet with... Uh, oh, I used to love it. Jam roly-poly sliced up with custard. Oh, it's... But that is oh. mega laden with calories. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh. Suet. Yeah, strangely enough, as a child, I wasn't a large child. I was sort of average. I suppose because we ran about you and played. Ran, yeah. Now I sort of run, but kind of slowly. And then you sit on a bench. And then I sit on a bench. <laughs> I do look round for benches thinking, mm. I'll just sit down there. For-. And then you think, that's, that, that's really comfy. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Well, so now we know that when you pop off, we'll do you a bench with a little plaque on it. Please, that'll yeah. be fine. Just down, okay. down by the river. Because yeah. down, down my way, there's loads of benches. And they've got little plaques on from different people. And things like that. We nearly did one for my mother, but I went down to Henley and there's lots of them. And a few of them were defaced. And I thought I couldn't bear to see a bench mm. which had my mother's name on it and somebody had defaced it. That would just absolutely drive me spare. So we didn't bother. No. So no, I spent I the money on wine instead. <laughs> As you which do. Which she would have approved of. Have you seen the price of benches now? They're about £1,000 to have yeah. them from the council. Yeah. If you really want something like that. Mm. Anyway, Susan will bring you up to date with the uh, soaps. Uh, the other side of the news and the sport. We'll see how we did in the horse racing with Mr Blacker. And uh, what are we going to do? Oh, you have to text more of your texts and emails. And don't forget my How Low finishes at 7pm this evening. It's a 42-inch LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. It's too generous to give away, but that's LBC for you. We just give these things away. So all of that coming up after the news, which is next here on... I'm stringing this one out. LBC 97.3, Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. I thank you. 97.3, Steve Allen. 26 minutes to 7 is the time, Monday morning, LBC 97.3. At the sports desk, our sports editor, Phil Blacker.
Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Manchester United's challenge for all five major trophies this season is over after Everton booked a place against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. They needed a penalty shootout to do it after a goalless draw with United at Wembley yesterday. But in the end, Sir Alex Ferguson paid the price for fielding a much weakened team. Captain Rio Ferdinand was one of the few senior stars who was picked and says they can't get too down by the result. It was disappointing today, but I think there are some very good positives we can take out of the game in terms of, uh, obviously, not the result, but... The young lads showed themselves to be players worthy of playing in the Man United shirt. Ferguson blamed referee Mike Riley for failing to award them a second-half penalty when Phil Jagielka appeared to bring down Danny Welbeck. He also says the poor state of the Wembley pitch was one of the reasons he left players like Rooney and Ronaldo at home, as he didn't want to risk them getting too tired or injured playing on such a slow surface. Newcastle manager Alan Shearer says his side have to win their three remaining home games to stand any chance of avoiding relegation from the Premier League after yesterday's 1-0 defeat at Tottenham. Darren Bent scored the only goal to keep Spurs in the hunt for a possible European place and leave Newcastle four points away from safety with only five games left. West Brom remain bottom after a 4-2 defeat at Manchester City yesterday. Jensen Button remains the favourite to win the Formula One World Championship after his third place finish at yesterday's Chinese Grand Prix. Sebastian Vettel won the race ahead of Red Bull teammate Mark Webber. In yesterday's Premiership Rugby, Saracens were narrowly beaten at home by leaders Leicester, who won by 16 points to 13 at Vicarage Road, whilst England stars Paul Sackey and Tom Rees picked up injuries in their 36-18 win over Bristol. Ali Carter's made sure of his place in the second round of the World Snooker Championship. He beat qualified Gerard Green by 10 frames to 5. Elsewhere, Mark Allen's close to securing a second round showdown with defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan. He'll resume his contest with Martin Gould, leading by 7 frames to 2. And today's racing is at Hexham, Kemp Pontefract, Windsor and Wolverhampton. Mm-hmm, certainly is. Actually, I was going to ask you, just before we do that, I couldn't remember the name of the uh, substitute goalie who was the one who was disrespectful at Hillsborough earlier on. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, Charles Atange. Exactly. He's just been suspended for two weeks. Yes, by, the, by his club. <laughs> Dreadful, disgraceful man. Disgraceful. He's protesting his innocence again today, actually. He's come out and said it was only a 30-second clip. And it doesn't matter what it was. Exactly. It makes no difference whether it's five seconds, 30 seconds or an hour. Mm. It was disrespectful. He should have been kicked out of the ground. Disgusting man. Anyway, back to the horse racing, <laughs> which isn't doing very well either, I'm afraid. No. Uh, as Alex tells us, Mr Blacker has had one winner in a month. I wasn't here for... Some of that money. Oh, here we go. You see, excuses. <laughs> That's all you get, excuses. He said, it's not that we're desperate, but I'm thinking of selling my soul for a winner. Uh, he had Dancing Dick, uh, which was unseated. Unseated <laughs> oh, rider. As you can imagine. Uh, so lost £2, £23.71. You had Cloudy Start. It yep. was. Yours didn't start with everybody else. <laughs> so out of 16 running, you came in ninth. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you lost £2. Your total loss there, £18.54. It's not that long since I was in profit either. I don't know how it's gone so badly wrong. Because you haven't had any winners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just terrible, isn't it? So today we're off to Windsor. 6.15. I'm over here, Dad. It's actually called that. I'm over here, Dad. I can have a horse called that. I know. Unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? Do they re- I mean, you know, you have dogs called that. Like Jasper or, you know, Tintin or whatever you call dog. No, I'm over here, Dad. How can you call a horse that? Perhaps that's its stable name. That's at 6, 6.15, so we're doing evening racing now at Windsor. OK, I'm going to Pontefract this afternoon. Uh, 4.10, standpoint. Standpoint? Yeah. Okay. Uh, any particular reason? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I think he's got quite a good chance, but uh, okay. what would I know? It, which, <laughs> I'm tempted to say the same, but I'm erring on the side of caution. <laughs> Phil, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Phil is back with you a little bit later on with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. During the papers is Clemency Burton-Hill, actress, novelist, journalist, contributing editor at The Spectator. And I've never known somebody with so many titles to their name. <laughs> he does everything. Probably makes great sort of Easter eggs and stuff like that too. Uh, they're going to be talking about... Um, 
policy uh, policing tactics. There's more on that in the paper today. Uh, do you trust your child to get to school safely on a bicycle? And um, the current wave of negative headlines, are they as bad as the sleaze stories of the 90s? I thought some years ago we'd actually got rid of checkbook journalism, but it seems to be back in again. People going to the papers now and selling their stories for, for money. And I thought we'd, we'd got rid of that a long time ago. I wish the papers wouldn't do it. By the way, Monty, his wife, has mm-hmm. uh, written in. Oh, is she? Her name's Frances. Oh, Frances. And she says, you are right. He does make me a cup of tea before he goes out to work. And he's a really <laughs> lovely man, as Susan said. I get up every morning to listen to your programme. We both love listening to you. Good for you, Francis. Oh, that's no, no, it's been no put a name to, uh, to... It's Monty and Francis now. Monty and Francis. You watch. Monty will now phone in and go, no, my wife's name's Dolly. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this one? (laughs) So, Francis. Strange enough, Rita has a store cupboard. She says, I make real custard, Eve's pudding, rhubarb crumble, real fresh bread and lots more. Mm. You see, it's only, it's, it's the modern generation the modern generation. I'm so sorry. It must be the modern generation. Because we, we don't cook. We don't have a store cupboard. We don't I, have a pantry. I tell you what I did use um, after... What what month is, is this? April. April. Right. <laughs> not what did you Christ- think it was? Right, not Christmas that's just gone, yeah. but the Christmas before. I got... I think I remember telling you this. I got a juicer. An all-singing, all-dancing oh, juicer. Oh, lovely, yes. Yeah. And I had never used it. Right. And I remember when I was doing the overnight shows, I spoke about it saying how awful I felt I hadn't used this thing. (laughs) Anyway, so now 12 months, probably now 16 months later, I actually used it the other day for the first time. Now, is it a juicer where you put the fruit in one side and it separates the pith from... Yeah, it does it all, yeah. does all that. Then you've got to wash it all up. Yeah. Right, It's a pain to wash it all up. Yes, I know it is. But it's really strange because... All I've done so far is an orange juice and an apple juice. Together? No, no, no. Separately. separately. I just thought I'd try it. Not very adventurous, are you? No, but, you know, I thought I'd start with it. Do you make soup in it? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. But, um, I don't know. It it separates very quickly and it goes goes funny very quickly. Right. Um, So you've really got to drink it. You quite know. quickly. Yeah, quite quickly. Well, that's, that's what, with, with all fresh juices, when you've got them, the, the pith separates at the bottom and it looks mm. a bit watery, so you have to shake them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's normal with, with fresh juices. But it, it was amazing with the apple one, when you put in the apple. I only, like, poured the, the, the juice from the jug into a glass, and then I looked in the machine. It, it pretty much all turned brown within... Seriously, yes. within about a minute you or two minutes. You put a fraction of uh, lemon juice in. No, in the juice, yeah. Oh, but in the I, mean, juice. I mean, no, yeah, I mean in the, in the actual... The bits what, left. The bits left. Oh, right. Obviously, I wasn't going to put lemon in there because I was going to bin it. But I used I to love apple peel. My mum used to peel apples. Really? And I used to... I wasn't really interested in the apple. In fact, now I still can't eat... They kind of go... On your teeth. But apple peel... Oh, I used to love apple peel because it was the peel with a little bit of apple stuck in it. Do you, have, well, you suppose you wouldn't ever eat these apple crisps then, would you? No, I've tried them. I don't like them. I used to no. eat raw, raw potato. Oh, My mum was yuck. making crisps at home, which she made crisps. I don't know why in our family. It was so much cheaper to buy them. Anyway, we used to make crisps. And, um, and I would eat raw potato. I used to love the taste of raw potato. Oh, After no. it was sliced, no? No, I don't like a raw potato. No. But I'm going to try some carrots next. I've got some carrots. Carrots I'm are good. I'm going to try some carrot juice. Yes. But it's a bit of a faff. I know. It it's really like is. I remember buying my first Breville sandwich maker. And of course, all you ever make is something with cheese in it mm. because it's separate. But then you've got to try washing the blooming plates. Uh, if, you oh! if you don't wash it pretty much immediately, you've yeah, had it. You've had it, I know. I'd, I'm, I'm, I might buy myself another Breville sandwich maker. We had a swan one which cut it in triangles. I think the Breville than... cut as well. It all cut these it in su- cross the way, We've all it? had them, haven't we? I've actually got at home a set of uh, baskets for steaming uh, vegetables in. 
and you put them in. It's like so the Chinese steamer, yeah, and you put it one over, one. and th- they were all the rage. And then I had a hand whisk. I mean, how many times do you use these things? My mother had a Kenwood chef mm. with all the attachments, and it, it was like it was like bringing out, a, you know, I mean, a robot. This thing sat on the side. And she did everything with it. Yeah, what's the one that they you now use? It's a, what a, a merry mixer or a a Moulinex? No, I don't know. A merry some a merry mixer. Some major thing begins with an M that is like a real a mother, a mother. No, a real one that does <laughs> a bit like a, a bit like a Kenwood mixer, but it's called something else. I'm sure it begins with an M. Oh right. That has now really come back in again because oh. everybody people use it to cook. They do them in all these funky colours now. Everything so you can have things that match in with your kitchen. Mm. And everybody's got a coffee maker. Everybody's got this. Everybody's got a toaster. Well, there can't be many people who don't have a toaster except me. I don't have a toaster. Why not? Uh, I don't know. I used to have toasters. I had these Dulit because oh, I yeah. quite like them. Because we I've... get a Dulit one that's got four. Yeah, which was quite four quite or nice. Six or but then I, I've got one of these uh, flatbed cooker things. Yeah, whatever right. they call it, you know, for doing toasted mm. paninis. And I've, I've discovered I can do toast on that. Mm. I just put it in there, pull pull the lid down. And an hour later, fresh toast. I mean, an how cool is that? Later, it's fantastic. You know, you can go out, go and do your shopping, wander back, and it's still not done. But I've it got, amuses me. I've got one of these coffee... I have got one of these coffee makers that makes cappuccino and latte and all of that oh, kind have of you? thing. But it is such a oh, faff no. as well. I mean, they look great and everything. I was very excited when I got it. Yeah. But I have to say, that's another thing that I've is barely used. Is it a Nespresso used. or something like that? Yeah, it's... it's yeah. yeah it, 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 that's I mean, actually it's cult. You have to have one of those because yeah. they do them in Selfridges and they come in funky colours yeah, like pink. Yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got one in a nice colour. And, it, you know, I do all the... kind of thing um, with my milk. Just in case you've just turned on. She was doing an impression. <laughs> that's an impression. It's just in case milk you wondered. But, oh, you do yeah, the steaming milk as well? Yeah, you do the steaming milk and you can espresso. Oh, it's friend, such a My friend's faff. into that. as when I go, how naff. Just go out, buy a cup of coffee. Well, obviously, it saves you having to walk up the road and then and go people and go, get it. oh, what would you like? Would you like Brazilian? Well, that was the last time I said yes to that. But anyway, <laughs> and, uh, and they had all these other things in there. And you go, oh, you can have this one that's got chocolate bits. Oh, God, it all tastes the same. It's a cup of coffee. Just put the thing in. Let's go down the road to Starbucks. Much easier. It's like paninis. If you buy a panini, I, I buy paninis sometimes in Starbucks, take them home and do them. Because for some reason I've got a bit addicted and they're really fattening. Marmite. They're very fattening. Very fattening. Marmite and, uh, and cheese. Mm-hmm. Marmite, breakfast um, panini. Breakfast panini. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Although, strange enough, it's in a diabetic's diet, one of them. The one with egg in it. Egg and bacon. Yeah, I was about to you... say, the egg and bacon one is actually not that... Not that high. Yeah, it's in good. It's all right for diabetics because if you think about it, it's half actually one of the bigger ones. Yeah. So you're all right if you have one of them, really. I'm just unlucky. Andrew, Andrew Pierce yesterday thought I was joking when I was talking about diabetes. He said I thought you were making it up. I said, why would you make up your diabetic? Well, you can you could forgive him for that because you do talk about sweet things about you eat a lot of things that people would typically think. Don't a diabetic know what show you've been listening eat. to, Susan Spence? It's after the outrageous <laughs> accusations, ladies and gentlemen. Quarter news with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. LBC ninety-seven point three. Morning, everybody. Twelve minutes. What's the matter? It's What's freezing. It is. Got, somebody's walked over my grave. It, it is cold in here, isn't it? Ooh, at the goosebumps. Well, in here? Yeah, it's freezing. Nick Ferrari has it like, a, like Antarctica. We won't need to change it so it's Antarctica I keep telling him, I'm diabetic, you know. I could keel over in the studio. But you were in before him, though. I know, but so he likes it ice it. cold. And it starts off warm in the studio, and then anybody will tell you it does get progressively mm. colder and colder. Uh, talk your fruit salad, said Eve. Did you count the cherry pieces and the grapes? Because those were the most... I did. 
When you got the tin of fruit salad, if you can't you play, I've only got mum. I haven't got any cherry. There's no cherry on here because they they were the only people who could cut a cherry into about thirty pieces. I like the I like the funny little grape because it wasn't a real grape. wasn't a proper grape, no. was it? But they were considered expensive fruit. You go, oh, I've got pear again. Boring or peaches. Peach, peaches. I used to hate that when we were given tin peaches. I was like, Ugh, I'd rather not bother. Thanks. We used to have that with with birds dream topping. Oh, I quite like dream topping. Yes, we quite liked it. Well, I remember the very first time Angel Delight oh, came out. Oh, yes. Butterscotch. But I was just Butterscotch, about to say Angel Delight. Yumma, yumma, yumma. Butterscotch, <laughs> chocolate and banana was my, were my favourite things. Oh, we never did those. We only did butterscotch. Oh, I did. Oh, I did strawberry. Like oh, yeah. Actually, the other thing that Susan doesn't do is cruises. We were just saying, as, as you do, if ever you won, like this, I think there's £66 million coming up on the Euro Millions. £66 million this week. And you think, if you won that, what would you do? And the answer is for me, I just keep working. Uh, but I would do around the world. I would make sure I go to all the places I always ever wanted to go to. And, and I would do a cruise. And yes, it was. <laughs> my stomach. <laughs> and, um, and Susan wouldn't go on a cruise ship. Oh, no. Because... She can't think of anything worse. No, because you, you can't see land. And even if you can see the land, it's miles upon miles off. And if you fell in or it sank or something like that happened, you'd be, you know, paddling around and things would be underneath you. You don't know what was about to grab you. Oh, my God, no. I would want to know. Every time, Because we, we did do the cruise ship. It wasn't, wasn't our best experience. But I want to know how deep the water is at that moment. If you're in a pool, you can see it says nine feet, 15 feet, whatever it is. In the ocean, I would want somebody to send down a sonar and go, well, actually, this is, you know, 40 feet deep. I'm not sure you would, because I think it'd freak you out. It, I know it'd freak me well, it out. It is when you actually realise that the Titanic is two miles down. Two miles. Set it on your car. Do two, That's how, how deep no, you see, that's, the ocean is. That totally freaks me out. Really? Because it's all dark and murky under there. And well, look, they actually put, put lights on the front of the little submersible. But not if I'm drowning, they don't. No, if you're drowning, they don't. No, it's true. <laughs> we'll just put a light on for you. <laughs> no, they did I that for the, uh, for, the, uh, for the Titanic. When they take people down, over 25,000, they mm. will take you down. And they then turn on the floodlights and there it is in front of you. I mean, that would just be the most sensational. I would have to pay to do that. I would have to pay to do that. No, I wouldn't. I would want that. to go flying around the moon as well, like that businessman did, a billionaire in America. I think he paid a million to the Russians. I'd be frightened I'd never come back or that they'd cut my suit and I'd go flying you get off. up in the morning, woman. What's the matter with uh, you? Well, what, space and a cruise? <laughs> we were doing so well. <laughs> I think I can manage. We eat custard, we do rhubarb crumble, <laughs> won't go on a cruise, won't go around the moon. Oh, that's it, I'm not moving in now. No, OK, it's all out. By the way, Moulinex. Mm-hmm. Moulinex. That thing that begins with yeah, M. Moulinex. No, 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 no. That's no, not what I'm thinking. It's not David and Katie. But thank you. I, know I think it. I said Moulinex, didn't that's I? That's the brand of my juicer. Oh, but right. That's, no, I'll I, I maybe try and remember what it is for next week. Right. What it is. It's one of these things that I've seen them in the shops and they're all singing, all dancing. One of these mixers. Merry Made Mixer? Something like that? No idea. I thought that was a cleaning company. Apparently, yeah, Steve... one thinking of. <laughs> exactly, who knows? <laughs> you won't get free tickets on HMP. That's Her Majesty's prison site. No, it's Historic Royal Palaces, HRP, I think. Go and check it out. It'll be fantastic. Is it a Magimix? Magimix, that's it. Deborah's come up with that. I think Thank Susan Spencer talked about a Magimix. That's it, a Thank the Lord for that. Yeah, we'd never get around to it. We could have been sitting here all day. Cancel the next programme. <laughs> <laughs> for a Magimix. <laughs> I love it. 84850, steve at I was just going to say, uh, you'll be voting for Susan Boyle, of course. I don't watch it. Oh, right, there you go. Well, that's even better. <laughs> I know, I mean, I've heard all about this lady and everything, and I've yeah. read about her, and people keep telling me about her, but I'm not a fan of that show. No. At all, I wouldn't sit and watch it. 
No. There you go. Uh, Steve, assuming you are, in fact, uh, 38, you must have been about five when you taped your first LBC broadcast. It is true, I was. I was five and three quarters, actually. <laughs> uh, what does Susan think of James Sutton going to Emmerdale in June? Yes, I think that's actually quite a good move. It'd be quite nice to, for him to move into... He's to do with the new character, Faye, and he's going to stir up a bit of trouble, but they're still not quite sure exactly who he is. Mm-mm. So, yeah, that, I think right. that's quite good. They said a flower couldn't signify love. The rose managed it. They said a plant couldn't survive without water. The cactus managed it. They said a vegetable couldn't read text messages. Well done. I'm so proud of you, my little cabbage. Thank you so much. I like that one. <laughs> Carrot, celery and apple juice is lovely, says Claire. Carrot, celery and apple juice. Yes. Okay, All right. together. All together. Oh, God. Sounds a horrible mix, doesn't it? Carrot, yeah. celery and apple juice. Maggi mix, Maggi mix, Maggi mix, Maggi mix, Maggi mix, Maggi mix, Maggi mix. Okay. Moulinex, Maggi mix. <laughs> Magimix, Moulinex, Magimix, Magimix. Do you think we might now get a free Magimix? I'm sincerely hoping the factory will be sending them over even as we speak. Uh, Have you tried toaster bags? Oh, yes, we've got them. You've got toaster bags. Yes, they're very good. It's where you make it and you pop it in the toaster and it toasts it. Mm. Magimix, Magimix, Magimix. Another 300 of those coming in. Uh, And Lynn says, a big thank you for keeping me smiling, which uh, which is good news. Magimix, Magimix, Magimix. <laughs> OK, enough, of, enough with the Magimixes. Finally, in the soap department, Susan Spence will bring you up to date with what you should be watching this week. Yeah, Coronation Street this week. Oh, there's a really good storyline, which I think is, it's, it's amusing to me, but I don't think it's meant to be. Uh, that is where um, Becky tells little Amy that her mum is a murderer. Because nobody's really told this little girl that Tracy's been banged up for killing Charlie Stubbs. And they've told her that she, her mummy's gone and she stays in a nice hotel and works in a nice hotel. And Becky thinks this is just completely wrong. So she basically <laughs> blows it all and Steve is just hopping mad with her um, with all about that. Um, and also this is the week that Julie and Jason get a bit passionate. And of course we find out that actually um, she's his auntie. Of course, they don't know that at the time. Which is all, which is all a bit, they will. <laughs> which is all a bit sicky, really, isn't it? It has to be said. Um, you've got a lot of stuff going on with Maria and Tony in Coronation Street as well. And in Emmerdale, um, this is the week that um, everybody finds out that Victoria and Daz slept together. Now, that's quite a major storyline in, in Emmerdale. And he now, he's w- coming out. Well, he's coming out. He actually leaves on Friday because of all this court case. Yes. So it depends how that goes, and they'll decide what happens, whether he's coming back or right. what's going to go on with him. But he, you know, he has a twin brother. Yes, he does. Who's yes. A twin brother who's in Shameless. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, and so Andy kicks, Andy finds out, goes mental, and kicks him out. So that's the main storyline for um, Emmerdale tonight. Uh, all, all this week, should I say. Dreadful. Yeah. Uh, Pauline Lawson, thank you. I think Susan has tried to remember it's a Magimix. <laughs> I'm coming round to personally strangle people now, I've decided. It's now gone beyond a joke. And Karen says, it's a Magimix, isn't it? <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> I think I should be the new voiceover or do an ad for Magimix. I've decided now. Oh, right. Um, animation is an extremely laborious business, but uh, if you actually look at uh, Walt Disney, they've decided to, uh, to start nicking bits from some of their other films and put it into new films with oh. just by erasing characters. So, in other words... Uh, they have. It has been known for some time that Disney's 1973 Robin Hood was a copy of previous films at a time when the studio was short of cash. And they've got different clips here of Maid Marian 
in fact, exactly the same as the Duchess in the Aristocats. Oh, yeah. And it's very clever. They've literally just lifted exact. You have to look it because it's in uh, Metro today. Mm. And they've got all these different scenes which are exactly the same. Oh, yeah. And they've just substituted. The and Jungle Book yeah. and things. They've yeah. just substituted characters. And in fact, Snow White giving uh, the Duchess a run for her money. Oh, exactly Again, the same, it's exactly yeah. the same character. They've just done a different face on it. Well, that's a good, you know... Brilliant story. Brilliant story. That's uh, that's a Metro this morning. Susan is back with us. When are you back with us? Next week. Next week. She's going home to get about an hour and a half sleep, <laughs> poor soul. I don't know how she's going to manage. <laughs> no, I don't know how you're going to manage at all. Uh, front page of all the papers this morning, uh, the Daily Express, they've got that uh, 12-year-old who actually isn't, uh, isn't out of showbiz at all. He's actually in showbiz and has starred in the Michael Jackson uh, show. If you podcast the programme, which I know you will later, you'll hear the truth and the full expose. Colleen Nolan has written her life story, her autobiography. I thought of you when I saw that I know. headline. It's so exciting, isn't it? The least successful or talented out of the Nolans has written a book. And, uh, and Kevin and Amanda are currently on honeymoon in Paris. And I know that Kevin's mother will be listening at this precise moment in time. Do have a go for the how low... And, uh, and do check out the papers today, because they've got some stories which will uh, which either have you smiling again, you're going to be bored witless for about another few days with Susan Boyle, until she records her duet with um, uh, Elaine Page, which I think is about as likely as me finding love on a beach with Mel Gibson. There you go, stranger things have happened, I suppose. <laughs> Enjoy your Monday. I know all the kids don't want to go back to school today, but I bet the parents are going, thank goodness for that, let's get them back learning in the classrooms. Have yourself a nice day. Nick's with you after the news, which is next, right here on LBC 97.3, and that's coming up just uh, after the news at 7. Alcohol.